Welcome back to The Big Pivot, a new podcast series on how CIOs are leading data-driven transformation. I'm Rob O'Regan with IDG. I'm joined again by Graham Thompson, CIO and Senior Vice President of Informatica. Welcome back, Graham. Hi, Rob. Nice to talk to you again. So the topic for today, Graham, is cloud migration. Uh, we know the cloud has opened up exciting new opportunities for growth and innovation, but cloud deployments have also created new challenges for connecting data, applications, and processes across public, private, and on-premise environments. Along those lines, Graham, in your blog and your presentations, you've talked a lot about SaaS sprawl. What is that, and why should CIOs care? Yeah, Rob, so the way I, I think about it, SaaS sprawl is simply just the modern equivalent of the mess we all created in the early 2000s when we deployed many best-of-breed niche applications. Um, I believe we're repeating that problem now, except the apps are, of course, in the cloud, which you could argue makes it worse because integration, security, and analytics becomes a lot more difficult when the applications, business processes, and the data is spread all over the place. Um, if you think about executing an end-to-end process like procure to pay or hire to retire. The process probably depends on multiple functions and applications to, to get it done. And the fragmentation of those systems makes it really difficult to optimize the process. And of course, having the data uh, all over the place makes security and analytics very challenging. So it, it sounds from what you're saying like CIOs need a better way to prioritize and deploy their cloud migration efforts. What do you suggest that they do? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing is don't abandon the end-to-end thinking. You know, if we can force ourselves to think about a complete business process that goes across functions and applications and then deploy these processes using, you know, maybe using uh, user stories, leveraging that from the agile methodology, that can certainly help. And then, of course, you have to include the data integration part as part of the initial project, not something to be done later. Uh, And then... You know, consider a real integration platform. You know, Gartner, the Gartner MQ for this is uh, integration platform as a service. It has different solutions in there, but it, it really encourages us to think about embracing microservices. That really speeds up delivery of new capabilities, and it simplifies the deployment, the testing, and the, and the ongoing maintenance. Uh, and then think about the data that's created via these processes and who could benefit from the access to that data. If your applications are mostly in the cloud, uh, you've, you should also probably consider a data lake in the cloud too instead of moving that data back onto into your own, your own data centers. And then having thought all about that, go ahead and pick the best application for your business, but do it thoughtfully. Make sure you think about integration and analytics up front. Uh, so I guess what this really means is that we shouldn't have to return to the old choice of either best of breed or the bare minimum capabilities in a full stack suite and provider like SAP there should be a way to thoughtfully deploy and integrate best-of-breed SaaS solutions, which should allow us to pick the best thing for our business. Okay, so just to kind of recap what you've said, so you talked a little bit about the end-to-end thinking, don't abandon that. Uh, the data integration piece is important. Um, the thinking about that, the data, uh, who, who needs to access it and who can benefit from that, and then that, you know, picking that best application for your business. Conceptually, that all sounds great. Talk a little bit about how that approach is playing out for you and your team specifically at Informatica. Well, I think first we should talk about the, what we're doing externally. So we're really, really building these capabilities to help our customers, and frankly, most of our customers are deploying our products at a scale way beyond what we are ever going to do internally. However, internally, we're going through our own significant transformation at the moment as we move from being a license and maintenance traditional software company to being a, as a service and subscription company. And as you can imagine, that requires us to rework 
um, many of our processes and replace or re-implement many of the systems that we have. And we're using our cloud integration products to connect these multiple SaaS applications in a thoughtful and scalable way. So, Graham, once the, once the table stakes that you described are in place, the business processes, the data integration, et cetera, what are some of the real business benefits that you can start to capture? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the most significant one is that we'll be able to help our customers get real value from our products every day. You know, when you're a subscription company and as a service company, you have to prove yourself to your customers every day. You have to add value every day. It's no longer a, a case of, the customer buys a product and then uh, we really hope they get value from it, but the risk is mostly on them. When you're a subscription as a service company, uh, you definitely share the risk. So the first thing is that having insight into how customers are are using the, the capabilities that we provide within a product, we can help them get value from it. This will really help us guide the customer so that they can maximize the value. It will help us focus our internal R&D efforts because we know what parts of the product they're really using rather than having a guess and it will allow us to build service and support capabilities directly into a product so the very nature of a product changes it becomes a lot more than a set of features it becomes a full offer Uh, and then we'll be able to support a new business model with smaller deal sizes as you can expect as we move from upfront license transactions to subscription as a service transactions the average transaction size is much smaller Uh, That uh, gives us a much higher volume of transactions to deal with. And then also the nature of a subscription service is that the agreement has to change over time. We're going to add products, take away products, increase the the volume of of some products. And to do that, you need to have uh, an end-to-end digital representation of the the customer journey and the products that they're they're consuming from you. And I think that beyond these things, it will create new opportunities that we haven't even considered yet. So, so talk a little bit more about what that end state looks like, or, or is that, there an end state that you, can, that you can aspire to? Yeah, so the indicators of um, approaching the, the ideal end state or the indicators of making progress would be, um, you know, the first sign for me is that business leaders and IT leaders start talking about processes end-to-end. So let me give you an example. Instead of talking about the recruiting process, which is executed by one group in the company using one application, Instead, they should start talking about the hire-to-retire process, or at the very least, the onboarding process, which would include the recruitment and then uh, all the way through the employees' first few days and getting signed up for benefits and security access and and all that kind of stuff. Um, Same could be said for marketing. It's not about the marketing process and the marketing systems anymore. It's about the campaign-to-opportunity process and the KPIs that matter there or whether you're generating more pipeline for sales, not whether marketing on its own is doing a good job so instead of just looking at optimizing outcomes at the functional level we're really looking at it at the enterprise level and and really focused on the customer Uh, and to do that it needs to provide real-time integration that scales an analytics platform that abstracts the data from the application that creates it and uh, ideally this creates visibility across the entire process which will optimize the outcomes for the things that are important, which is the customers and the and the company. So obviously, what you're describing, you know, touches on all those different functions you mentioned, and and across the entire enterprise. How do CIOs know when it's working? Well, I think we'll have moved away from having to make the choice between two poor alternatives. Those two poor alternatives being a mess of badly or not integrated niche applications, or choosing a a full stack suite from someone like SAP. So we'll start to talk about microservices. We'll start to have 
um, thoughtful integration that scales um, between these cloud applications and and we really won't consider ourselves to be encumbered by having data and business processes spread across all these different places. In most enterprises today, you've got more than one SaaS cloud application. You probably have more than one on-prem application. You may have built something on a an IaaS platform, a PaaS platform, and uh, to get an end-to-end view of the process and an end-to-end view of the data, you've got to be able to integrate it all. And to do that, you have to do it thoughtfully. Interesting. So, so what are some of the specific KPIs that you would recommend that CIOs should be measuring to to know what's working and and to track some of those broader objectives? Um, so the KPIs would be at the business outcome level and not at the IT level. So it would be um, your pipeline creation, the quality of the pipeline the conversion rate of the pipeline if we talk again about the campaign to opportunity process. So it's really the joint accountability and the joint accomplishment of those business outcomes that the IT organization and the business teams uh, really um, celebrate together. Mm -hmm. So does the CIO kind of lead that discussion or is that coming more from the business side? Yeah, that's an, an interesting one. You have to have two willing parties. It's not something that someone can be led to if they're not willing. So I, I believe it's always important to start with the, the why. Why is this the right thing to do? And then um, get folks on board with that. And then generally that gives you um, a common view of the end state and then you have two willing partners to go after it and share the success and share the risk. Great. Uh, sounds like there's obviously a lot to look forward to once CIOs are able to, to rein in that SaaS sprawl. Uh, thanks, Graham. It's been a great discussion. Thanks, Rob. So in our next episode, we'll explore how CIOs can break down data silos to help their organizations extract more meaning and more value from their data. Thanks for listening to today's Big Pivot podcast. Don't miss future episodes by subscribing to the IDG Tech Talk channel on SoundCloud and on iTunes. For Informatica and IDG, I'm Rob O'Regan.